to Datsuk. What a move! Right in! Oh. Scores! Wow. Oh, but Datsuk in deep! That's a beauty! Heisman moving blue line. Chance scores! You're listening to Impact Sports Radio, and this is Octopi Hockey Town with your host, Austin Goodman. Hello, hockey fans. This is Austin Goodman coming to you on the fifth episode of Octopi Hockey Town. We have so much to talk about today with the Red Wings, and I am going to just cut to the chase here, guys. It is getting close coming down the stretch. The road to the playoffs keeps getting slimmer and slimmer with the Red Wings losing one of the two games this weekend. They started off with Edmonton, and the game was a little bit too close for comfort. The Red Wings let up another third-period goal, which tied the game at 1-1, to and took it into overtime and then into that dreaded shootout where the Red Wings have not fared so well this season. Luckily, Thomas Tatar cleaned up for his team and took the lone goal in the shootout, giving the Red Wings the W and, more importantly, two points going into Sunday's game against Chicago. The Wings left the United Center with a 4-1 to loss to the Hawks on Sunday, though, knocking them back another spot in the standings to tie the place in the Eastern Conference, knocking them two spots out of contention for the playoffs. After we talk about the Wings' week that has passed, we will look into the serious issues the injury report. 11 Red Wings are currently on the injury report and the team is not looking like they will have any of those players back for at least another week and a half. A good chunk of the list are either not on a timetable or two weeks away from recovery. We will break down each individual wounded wing along with wrapping it up all together to explain the wing's current playoff run situation trying to make it for that 23rd consecutive playoff streak and keeping it alive guys lastly we'll look into the week ahead we will once again finish up this week's edition of octopi hockey town with me breaking down the standings statistics and of course those games ahead and there are four of them this week guys so keep those ears wide open towards the end But guys, I just want to get into it right now. And we have a wonderful week that we we can look back on and some more hockey yet to be played. The season is not over yet, guys. And I am still keeping my fingers crossed. The first game against Edmonton Oilers, Riley Sheehan actually got the only regulation goal. And it came... You know, just under 14 minutes in that first period there. And his assisters were Thomas Tatar and Drew Miller. And I love to see that. You know, all the youngsters, and even Drew Miller's getting up there in age. But, you know, I still consider Drew a youngster. And I think he has done, you know, a little bit better in the past couple weeks. And I said on last week's episode of Octobi Hockey Town, you know, that he was on his way up. But, you know, he had to continue to get on his way up. And he is, and I like that. You know, but the third period, once again, has come crashing down on the Red Wings when Edmonton scored with... You know, 8.43 into the third period. And guys, this is not good. Seeing third period goals of this nature, of this caliber, tying the game up 1-1 and not being able to respond until a shootout. And luckily, Thomas Tatar was able to, you know, stand tall alongside goaltender Jimmy Howard in the game. You know, Jimmy Howard has not done well in overtimes this season, losing 10 games in the overtime. And guys, he's lost 15 regulation too. But, you know, Victor Fast, he was not very fast. And he is also 3-2-2. He took 23 shots, only let up, 
you know, one goal with a .957 save percentage on the day. Howard had a .955, 22 shots against 21 saves for Howie, but he did get that W, and he did do well when it came down to it. He put his glove hand up. He put his blocker out there, and more importantly, he kept those pads in quick transition, so Edmonton could not score in the shootout. Guys, those were two big points against a team that you would think the Red Wings would be able to beat a lot easier, but unfortunately, guys, they could not get a victory out and, you know, going, they could get a victory up, but they couldn't get one in that fashion. I was actually looking at this next game where they couldn't get the victory on. That's against the Chicago Blackhawks. And we're talking, guys, first and second period, the team was playing pretty well. Of course, you know, Chicago got that first goal with just under nine minutes into the, into the second period. And then Detroit answered a few minutes later. Gustav Nyquist scored the only game for Detroit, getting assists from veterans Daniel Alfredson and Nicholas Cronwall, getting their 24th and 34th respectively on the season when it comes to pointage and assistage. And you know, we all love to see Alfredson and Cronwall getting involved. Nyquist is everybody's new favorite Red Wing. But guys, the Wings could not keep Chicago down in the last 20 minutes and 14 seconds of the game. Chicago scored a goal with 19.46 into the second period, 14 seconds left. Ben Smith, he put one in, assisted by Duncan Keith and Patrick Kane. There was a lot of chaos in front of the net. Jimmy couldn't see the puck. It was deflected up and in, and that was all she wrote. Marion Hosa got another goal, and then that was answered by Jonathan Taze about 10 minutes later, 11 minutes later, actually, and that sealed the game for Chicago. They won that game 4-1. to Jimmy did not look good. He took 30 shots. Shots, only saved 26. He had a .867 save percentage. Got his 16th loss on the season. His record is 14, 16, and 10 currently. Corey Crawford got his 26th victory this season. The Red Wings could only put up 20 shots, though, guys, and that is a problem. The lack of defense in the third period, the first and the second period, looked like a very competitive hockey game. Completion is the hardest thing, though, for the Red Wings this season, guys. And if they don't start winning games in the third period, then they will be out of contention for the playoffs, and that is a very serious comment. Mishaps in the neutral zone came to eight came ultimately to be the cause of a goal for the Blackhawks in the third period it was their first third period goal and they coughed up the puck in the neutral zone to one of the quickest forwards in the game today used to be a Red Wing should know better than that Marion Hosa took it up and in you know fashion like he will always do it put the puck away short side on Jimmy Howard and guys you cannot let up on Marion Hosa in the middle of the ice and give him clear daylight to go and shoot the puck late in the period fundamental breakdowns keep occurring as we see once again with 14 seconds left I've said it twice in this segment left in the second period a goal for the opponent and the Red Wings eventually falling to that goal and not being able to respond not being able to get goals in you know and the continual pile of injuries which we're talking about in a couple seconds here you know really continue to hurt the Red Wings and that's why they lost this game you know Chicago of course has the Red Wings number in a lot of situations but the Red Wings also have theirs and in the third period I did not see the Red Wings having the Chicago Blackhawks number unfortunately it was a four to one loss the game was not that bad and you know guys it was not a four to one loss in my eyes I mean you know those two goals in the third period were with the Red Wings having the win knocked out of them you know after that late second period goal they were not able to come back from that 
And, you know, with 11 players on this injury list, guys, 10 forwards and a goaltender, that is a lot of production that we're going to be talking about in the next segment here in Octopi Hockey Town today. And that is the injury report, which is ultimately affecting the Red Wings in the standings. Right now, the injury list looks like this. The list starts with Justin Ablicator at the top of the list, followed by Todd Bertuzzi, Darren Helm, Thomas Yurko, Joachim Anderson, Jonas Gustafsson, Pavel Dotsuk, Daniel Cleary, Michael Samuelson, Henrik Zetterberg, and Stephen Weiss. In this segment, guys, I want to just update you guys on what is going on with each one of these individual injured Red Wings, and then I would like to wrap it up, and we'll talk about how this is going to affect this 23rd playoff run. And I'm going to start with Todd Bertuzzi. Todd has a lower body injury, wasn't able to play against Chicago, and I think he's going to be day-to-day. You know, as of you know the 16th of March, that lower body injury was keeping him out of play. Um, there hasn't been an update on practice if he was skating, but you know we're gonna hope that Todd can get back out into the ice. And, you know he's been fighting a lower body injury all season long, and uh, you know it just keeps tweaking him. They wanted to rest him, give him a couple days, you know, just to get his groove back and hopefully get back out there because the Red Wings really need him right now. And speaking of really needing somebody, I would say that the Wings need Justin Ablocator even more. But, you know, I don't think he's going to be out for too long. Who knows these days with injuries? He's currently listed as day-to-day. We're just going to have to wait and see. This is a lot bigger of a loss than losing Todd Bertuzzi. And especially right now, Ablocator is used to playing on the penalty kill and the power play he's very versatile and I love watching him play guys he's an MSU alumni and I you know played on the Spartan hockey team division one go green for everybody out there that's you know looking forward to this NCAA basketball tournament you know guys hopefully the Michigan State Spartans do well shout out go green go white but we're talking about Justin Ablicator and he's now a Detroit Red Wing and he has eight goals and 16 assists this this season and guys this is a hard hitter with a plus two plus minus rating not many players on this team have a position where they're in the plus in the plus minus rating section of the score sheet so hopefully Ablocator will be able to be back for Tuesday's game against the Maple Leafs right now he's questionable for the game and that was as of 10:21 a.m. this morning CBS Sports brings us that information and more specifically MLive.com's Ansar Khan is the one that reported on this um, certain topic of Ablocator and the rest of the Red Wings injuries all that from MLive.com Ansar Khan's report live tweeter for the for the Red Wings for a lot of different sports in Detroit he's doing well uh, so thank you very much for the information Third is Darren Helm. Darren Helm has actually hit a setback, and that was as of 11.22 a.m., guys. We don't know what's going on with Darren Helm. He's been a Band-Aid since he got into the league and, you know, quoted from Mike Babcock calling him that, basically. With Helm, you never know when a return will be, so Wings fans, you know, you might be waiting for a little while, but I guess you'll just have to wait and see if Helmer can get back out on the ice. He's one of the fastest in the league, and that, you can hold me to that statement, he really is one of the fastest in the league and the Red Wings could really use him coming here down the stretch especially with another you know teammate being out in Thomas Yurko who makes up for that speed that long stick being able to make cool quick moves very youthful he's suffering from a broken rib 
that was actually, you know, broken in a couple a couple games ago. You know, he's been a big asset in the line of the youngsters alongside Tatar and Sheehan, and they've been playing so well all season long. But the players, now they've been playing elsewhere, and I think they've been playing less efficiently playing elsewhere. Their plus-minus rating has, in fact, gone down this week. And, guys, that is not good coming down the stretch here, you know, Riley Sheehan, he has a minus four rating. Thomas Yurko also has a minus four. And Thomas Tatar, he's at straight zero. You know, guys, you would love to see that to change, you know, come the time that it needs to be happening. And that time is right now. You know, Thomas Yurko, I hope that he'll be back, you know, around the time that the Red Wings are playing the Minnesota Wild in Detroit. I don't expect him to make the road trip, but he definitely, you know, will try to be back for Sunday's game at 7.30 p.m. at the Joe Lewis Arena. Yoko Anderson, he is suffering from a broken foot right now and will be out at least another week, week and a half. You know, this last update was on March 10th, and that was a couple weeks from March 10th, and you never know with a broken foot. You need your feet to skate, guys. And he's a big penalty killer, and this is, you know, the Red Wings are ninth in their penalty kill right now, and I'm going to keep tabs on what happens with that number now that Yoko Anderson has been out. Their power play is 17th, and, you know, that needs to improve, but hopefully this penalty kill does not go down in strength because Yoko Anderson, people like Justin Abdelkader, Drew, Miller, they all do a good job of keeping that penalty kill strong and making sure that nobody's scoring on goaltenders such as Jimmy Howard or our no- another injured goaltender. On the list is Jonas Gustafsson. As of March 13th, Gustafsson left ice early on Thursday's practice. He was not playing for against the Oilers. You know, the team has more goals against than goals for this season for the first time in a very long time. And most of that is put on the back of Jimmy Howard losing 16 regulation games and 10 in overtime. Guys, Gustafson only has four regulation losses on the season and three overtime losses. The, goal, the goaltender has also... 15 wins. Guys, he really is the real deal. He has one more win than the starting goaltender, Jimmy Howard. If he were healthy, he would be getting the starting nod because he has simply played better than Jimmy has all season. But they both have been struggling injuries respectively throughout the season. You know, Jimmy's had continu- you know very strong knee issues that will affect him for the rest of his career, filling up with fluid down there in that knee. You never really expect when it's going to happen. It can just tweak up in the middle of a game, and he could be out for a week. You never know. So hopefully Gustafson can get back and be the backup or the starting goaltender because Peter Morazic clearly proved that he is not ready to play in an NHL clutch caliber game. Seventh on the list, guys, we're at number seven, and I am just getting tired of talking about injuries already, but we have to talk about the rest of them. Number seven is Pavel Datsuk. Pavel Datsuk, guys, as of March 5th, will be out and completely shut down for three weeks is what Ken Holland said. He's a key asset of the team and everyone knows that he is a great player. And when he's back and 100% healthy, guys, the Wings will have much more power on the power play, on potentially a penalty kill if they want to throw Datsuk out 
for that on four on four and of course on regulation he can make guys miss at the snap of a finger and guys you know Pavel Datsuk he really is the real deal for this team and I would say he's the most important person on this list second to Henrik Zerberg and guys he's going to be out through the rest of the playoffs and don't let anyone tell you differently if anyone ever wants to see Henrik Zetterberg back out on the ice then you might as well not complain and let him rest this is the second herniated disc this season in his back you need your back to play hockey you need your legs to play hockey both of those things could go away if this problem doesn't get resolved guys hopefully Henrik Zetterberg can get back out on the ice in the playoffs late in the playoffs but I don't expect it and that is if the Red Wings make the playoffs at all when it comes to Daniel Cleary and Michael Samuelson who are two more players on this list guys Daniel Cleary I don't know when he's going to come back he's still not skating and there is no timetable for his return. Nobody's informed anybody on it. I think they're just going to try to fill his role with youth. Landon Ferraro got called up. Timu Pulkinen got called up. Both of those players will get opportunities to play in the wake of all of these forwards being absent for the next couple of weeks. You know, guys, Michael Samuelson hasn't played for the Red Wings in a long time. Skated with injured players Stephen Weiss and Darren Helm before Thursday's practice. But, guys, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't care if Sammy comes back. I would give the youngsters the opportunity to fill in holes, and, you know, they'll do it better than Samuelson would ever do it. He wasn't playing well when the Red Wings gave him the nod earlier in the season, and, guys, I don't think he'll play well now even after his injury is healed. And finally on this list, guys, I have Stephen Weiss, and unfortunately he's going to receive a second opinion on his sports hernia, and it is not considered close to returning, guys. He is still questionable, and he is a next-season kind of guy. I mean, alongside Henrik Zetterberg, those two players, I do not expect to see them back out on the ice this season at all and that's an unfortunate statement to have to make considering the Red Wings spent a pretty good amount of change on Stephen Moyes in this most recent offseason that they had and you know out of the two people that they picked up in Daniel Alfredson and Stephen Weiss, Stephen, Stephen Weiss has not been able to answer. And that makes up 10 forwards and one backup goaltender slash starting goaltender uh, as an injury report. And guys, that is just so rough. And let me tell you, it is going to affect the Red Wings coming down the stretch here. And it has. The Red Wings were eighth about a week and a half ago. They were eighth in the Eastern Conference in a playoff spot right now they're 10th with 73 points sitting behind the New York Rangers which are sitting in the eighth spot with 76 points in 69 games and the same amount of games for the Washington Capitals who are in the ninth slot with 74 points guys the Red Wings do have two games over both New York and Washington that they could hop over but the next two games that they have in front of them are pretty challenging Guys, to wrap up this segment, I really just want to say that with the return of Pavel Datsuk, the return of Darren Helm, the return of Thomas Yurko, the return of Yoko Anderson, Justin Ablicator, and Todd Bertuzzi, and, you know, even Jonas Gustafsson, guys, this team could be very elite, and they could contend for a Stanley Cup, and that is not just because of my Red Wings' faithfulness to the team. I really think that the Red Wings would have a cup-contending team if they weren't so consistently injured, and I think with the return of all those guys, they could make a solid run here down the stretch if they return with, within the next week, week and a half, but guys, 
the Red Wings are running out of time, and I don't know if they have what it takes with the team that they have right now and this list of injuries to be able to make the playoffs, and that is a serious statement coming from me, guys. This 22-year streak could be over, especially with the week that they have coming up ahead. And I'm just going to jump into this upcoming week. The Red Wings' numbers look a little bit like this, guys. They have 30 wins this season and 67 games played, 24 losses, you know, 13 in overtime, and they have 73 points. Their roll right now is very, very low, and Mike Babcock is very upset about it. 25, a very, very low number. The Red Wings are usually about 35 to 40 when it comes to row. You know, and the goals for, they have 175 and 188 goals against. That is also very un-Red Wings-like. And in their last 10, they're 4-5-1. and one. They have lost six of their last 10 games, guys. But they did get an extra point in one of those losses. But if they want to contend for anything, guys, you know, the Red Wings really need to take up their intensity a little bit. Unfortunately, the Red Wings, they have an extremely tough schedule, like I was saying, and that starts Tuesday night at 7.30. It's March 18th at home against the Toronto Maple Leafs. This game is extremely important for the Red Wings to grab both the ninth spot and try to climb past New York as well as winning against a division rival. They have to use the loss of the Winter Classic to fuel their fire against the Leafs, guys. They can beat them. I really think that they can. The time is going to have to feed off a couple of things, though, guys, and that is new players coming in who have a lot of energy. They're going to bring a lot of excitement to the team and bring a lot of excitement to themselves and they're trying to make a statement out there and get them you know to stay Timu Pulkinen and Landon Ferraro they got called up along with Corey Emerton and guys all those players are trying to make a statement here and hopefully they'll be able to get a couple NHL goals and put a smile on their young faces and of course put a smile on Red Wings fans as well play you know the second thing is to play solid defense throughout this entire game guys all 60 minutes of hockey needs to be played in the next four games especially in the next two games against Toronto and then against Pittsburgh which we'll talk about in a couple minutes here they've been slacking late in the periods guys and especially in the third period this needs to change for them to play and for them to win the goal scoring needs to come from Thomas Tatar Daniel Alfredson is definitely due for a goal, and Johan Fradzen needs to light the lamp. The Wings will need to help themselves in the scoring department, guys, and that will especially need to come against both Toronto and then their next opponent, opponent, which will come on Thursday, March 20th at 7.30 p.m., and that's also at home, and that's going to be against the Pittsburgh Penguins. The Penguins are good, but they have a couple of fallen Penguins right now that will give the Red Wings an opportunity for victory. The Wings have a very 50-50 record against the Penguins throughout their entire duration against them. They have played them a lot. They played them in a couple Stanley Cup finals, won one, lost one. It's just like another game against a team like Chicago or St. Louis, Columbus, you know, from west to east. This, you know, Pittsburgh team is real good. The Wings need to stay very strong. They need to shut down Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, which is definitely a challenge to do in this time and age where those two players are just dominant. And if you want to talk dominant, you talk their goaltender 
and that is Marc-Andre Fleury, who has 34 wins, 15 losses, and 3 OT losses. Guys, he's playing pretty well with a 2.34 goals against average and a .916 save percentage this season. This is going to be a challenging game, and honestly, I don't foresee the Red Wings winning this game. I think they can get a victory against Toronto, but I do not think that they'll be able to do the same fate against Pittsburgh. The last two games of the week are a home-and-home series with the Minnesota Wild, and I think the Red Wings have what it takes to win both of these games, guys, especially coming off of a challenging game with three days of rest in between you know, that Pittsburgh game and this first game against Minnesota at 2 p.m., at, it is at Minnesota Saturday, March 22nd, guys. Hopefully they can get this win. I think they'll be able to. Minnesota has 80 points right now. You know, they're playing pretty well. They'll probably have 82 or 83 come the time that they play the Red Wings, but I really think that the Wings can get both of these victories and get an easy four points and get out. The Red Wings are in dire need of points right now, and the keys to this home-and-home home series, guys, are very simple. Put away shots that are easy. Get those easy four points against a team that isn't all that great. You know, Minnesota is not playing well in their division, but they're still a decent team. They'll definitely put up a fight against the Red Wings. If the Wings can pull off these two victories and shed some light on their injury situation throughout the weekend, get a couple of forwards back, hopefully see the return of Gustafson, the last three-week stretch will be made a lot easier you know, guys, I hope that the Red Wings could win potentially two of four this week. You know, I see a loss coming against the Pittsburgh Penguins, and I think that the Red Wings, you know, they they probably will lose one of their two games against Minnesota because Minnesota is used to that Western Conference style of hockey, which is simply better than the Eastern Conference this season. But guys, this is all speculation when it comes to that, and I guess we'll just have to see what the ice brings. I think Johan Franz and Gustav Nyquist, Thomas Tatar, and Daniel Alfredson will all have to step up heavily this week in order for the Red Wings to be able to have any sort of chance of gaining enough points to be in that 8th or 7th slot in the wild card spots for the Eastern Conference to make a 23rd consecutive playoff appearance. But guys, that is all the time we have today here in Octopi Hockey Town. As always, I'm your host, Austin Goodman, and I'm telling you, the Red Wings are looking shaky, but I think they can pull it together if they have the proper things fall into place coming down here in the stretch, and that is goal production, making sure that they're not fumbling pucks up in the neutral zone, and also, guys, making sure that they can play strong defense and are getting strong goaltending. But this is all I have to say. It's over. For more information on the Detroit Red Wings or any other MSU collegiate sport or Detroit sport, Go to www.impact89fm.org sports and get the latest up-to-date information. Thank you guys so much and have a great week of watching Detroit Red Wings hockey. And for all my basketball lovers out there, especially from Michigan State University, go green, go white. And guys, Sparty is going to be the winner of the NCAA tournament. I'm calling it right here on Octopi Hockey Town, the fifth episode. I have Michigan State Spartans winning the NCAA tournament in my bracket against Duke, and I think they'll pull it out this year, guys. A Final Four appearance and a national championship alongside what has already been a Rose Bowl victory. That is all I have. Thank you so much, Hockey Town and Michigan State University and all listeners. Good night.